0: Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, A savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Amen. Right, amen. Greetings to everyone uh, virtually. Uh, Mona and I are actually in California right now uh, spending Christmas uh, with her family. Uh, I was planning to speak remotely though today in any event um, and then uh, Omicron showed up almost out of nowhere it seems Um, and here we all are. Deja vu. Um, But as one of Mona's favorite Christian songs by Phillips, Craig, and Dean go, right? You are God, and that's just the way it is. You are God, and that's just the way it is. So as we lean on God's sovereignty once again, let's uh, really trust him and uh, support each other and others around us. Being uh, just one day out from Christmas, I thought uh, bringing a last... uh, Nativity message uh, would still be okay. Um, and although I've tried to stay on Christmas themes in the month of December, uh, I have not selected so far the most familiar passages um, about the birth of Christ. If you recall, we first covered uh, Mary's Magnificat, which, uh, you know, is very Christmassy, but uh, I don't know if I've ever gone through it the way that I did a few weeks back. And then the Messianic prophecy from uh, Isaiah nine, right? We kind of looked into that, and then most recently, uh, Pastor George Ross's message on Samson, right? Samson, and he tried to um, interconnect some of the, uh, uh, the the themes that overlap uh, between uh, the birth and life of Samson and, and that of uh, of Jesus Christ. I thought it was great because we had just gone through Judges, and that's such a difficult passage, a disturbing uh, book of the Bible, and yet we see even in Samson's kind of confusing life at the end, uh, there is that kind of redemption, that 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 the, the secret of history. For today, however, I did pick a more traditional passage from Luke 2, uh, read uh, by Daniel uh, a few minutes ago. I decided to focus on the appearance of the angelic host Uh, to the shepherds who were keeping their flocks uh, nearby where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Uh, The angel's sudden manifestation uh, greatly startled them, um, startled the shepherds uh, such that the text notes that they were terrified, terrified. The angel promptly uh, reassures them to not be afraid, not be afraid From that exchange, uh, I'd like for us to think about the idea of fear, the the concept, the experience, the burden, uh, something very familiar to uh, the human can. A fear is said to be one of the two greatest motivators or impulses in human life. Along with love, uh, fear can make people do things or say things which reveal uh, some of their most basic character or values or feelings. Parenthetically, I would insert faith as a third potent motivator. Although some uh, might argue that uh, faith is grounded in love or fear. Um, Well, in our current day, I believe there's much uh, fear floating around as well as lodging in our hearts. Pandemic fears abound, especially with the recent upsurge of Omicron cases uh, in New York and elsewhere where many breakthrough infections uh, seem to be happening. Uh, There's a fear of inflation uh, and other economic woes. Democrats uh, fear Republicans and Republicans fear Democrats. The fear of violence uh, I believe is palpable, uh, especially in light of the Michigan school shooting and the one-year mark since the Capitol insurrection happened right before our horrified uh, virtual eyes. It is hard not to be afraid. Whether uh, we have one or two, let's say, really big discernible fears, or maybe an aggregate of many small fears, or both, just fearful all the way around. Uh, These can be terrifying at times uh, to the point of uh, debilitation. Uh, But as I read climate scientist, Catherine Heihoe argues, we shouldn't be paralyzed by fear in the face of dire news about the climate. Uh, which is her area of study, her point is that awareness and action uh, can be effective counter-reactants. Now, for the Christian, there's more than just these counter-reactants. There is the angelic word that we see today of fear not, do not be afraid. Uh, so as we bask in the afterglow of Christmas Day, uh, I hope the herald's words bring uh, comfort and joy uh, to us. Uh, even through our poets, right, the nexus between uh, fear and happiness and joy fi- finds strong expression. <laughs> I keep hearing these days that John Lennon song, right, "Happy Christmas." I think that's how the the, the uh, people from the UK, instead of "Merry Christmas," they would say "Happy Christmas." uh uh, war is over right it's kind of an uh, anti-war song and some of the lyrics goes a very merry christmas and a happy new year let's hope it's a good one without any fear Uh, and so this is christmas for weak and for strong for rich and the poor ones the road is so long and so happy christmas for black and for white for yellow and red one let's stop all the fight i really like that uh, let's hope it's a good one without any fear. Yeah. Um, as Mad and Young um, kind of led us to think about, reflect on, uh, Christmas uh leads into it, it segues so seamlessly and so significantly, and sometimes so burdening burdeningly uh, from you know the birth of Christ to the birth of a new year. But sometimes we go from I think the the blessedness of Christmas to the dread, the fear, the distress of the new year. So this is a wish for peace, of course, uh, but also a bulwark uh, against fear. So my message is titled uh, Fear Factors, uh, styled after that American game show that ran on NBC from 2001 for a bunch of years. Uh, It featured these contestants um, who had to compete for $50,000, that was a prize money, if you, they successfully completed uh, three jaw-dropping stunts or or tasks, right? And these were invariably fearsome, disgusting, like usually involving a plethora of insects uh, or even uh, seemingly death-defying. I myself only watched about one and a half episodes, but (laughs) it was pretty, uh, riveting or kind of like so like uh, you know strange that uh, you know it kept my attention uh, back in the day. I actually thought the term fear factor uh, was a thing at least in the near past but couldn't find many of the references on Google um, like that you know people don't really use it, it in in popular discussion like there's a fear factor here that that kind of thing. But I will employ it today, I want to use this passage from Luke 2 um, and have us think about what are some of those fear factors or fear areas or fear categories um, that regularly or typically or commonly afflict us, especially the end of December, beginning of January. And then for each, uh, I'd like to try to indicate why Christmas uh, can truly dispel those fears. So permit me to offer three fear factors. Um, The unknown, we're afraid of the unknown. The future, especially in a situation where uh, things are uh, very dicey or very precarious. Uh, We've never walked this way before. Uh, and I think that describes our 2020, 2021, and 2022. <laughs> Second, uh, fear of bad news. Like, uh, you know, we hear good news, we hear bad news. And uh, these days, I think we're just inundated with bad news. So we have this kind of almost um, kind of phobia of hearing what the latest is. It's hard to scroll through the phone or watch TV because bad news is just hitting us left and right. And then last, the third fear factor for today would be fear of judgment. That um, our time has come. We have to meet our maker. Uh, We have to own up to what the deeds performed or done. All right, so those three, unknown, uh, bad news, and judgment. Let's start with the first one. I don't think the shepherds were uh, particularly fraidy cats. Uh, Their profession entailed a certain hardiness and bravery. They had to weather the elements as well as tend their flocks pretty much 24-7. There being no known electricity uh, at the time, um, they would have had to put up with darkness on a regular basis. Uh, add to that, uh, you know, bandits or, or thieves, um, you know, just general violence. Um, hence, the uh, angel's appearance evoked a kind of terror, not in an earthly sense, but I want to say in a mysterious or uncanny sense. Uh, these men probably never uh, had an uh, an angel, angelic appearance before, never experienced that. Uh, and accompanied by the glory of the Lord. The light that shone around, that must have been uh, quite unnerving, to say the least. And even though it turns out to be a positive and beatific event, it wasn't until the angel reassured them not to be afraid that they experienced any form of relief. Uh, We live in a very unpredictable world, uh, made more so uh, by uh, recent events. Uh, in spite of all the technological advances and the copious amount of information amassed, uh, which much of it being you know, available at our fingertips on the internet, uh, there is still very much that remains unknown. And I feel like almost all the most important things in life, right, and all the meaning questions, all the existential questions, these still are a black box. Um, we experience quite a bit of uncertainty about our everyday lives, let of the future. And COVID-19 has pretty much proven this in rapid succession, rapid order. The sudden onslaught back in late 2019 and even 2020 showed how much impact a tiny spike protein could wreak upon the entire world and its economy. When scientists and governments began attacking and combating this disease, I think most of us felt that, oh, eventually we'd get a handle on it. This is a passing problem. And certainly much progress has been made, nonetheless, the swiftness and relentlessness of the Omicron variant continue to teach us that lesson we still don't know. Compounded with all the cultural wars, the unpredictability of public health and with people, uh, our sense of fear about what we don't know has only been reinforced more and more. Uh, Jesus came. Profoundly, to help us combat this fear of the unknown. Uh, That's that's part of the Christmas uh, message, I think, which encourages me me the most. That the incarnation of the Son of God, um, among many great purposes, um, it's really intended to be the revelation of God to humanity um, in a very personal and direct and encouraging manner. God no longer wanted to remain a mystery. He wanted to eliminate the fear of unknownness, at least with respect to him. Right? Through, the, through Christmas, God wanted to show us who God was. Uh, John 1, verse 18 puts it uh, this way. No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who's at the Father's side. Has made him known. Let's spend like a second or two, just meditating on on the beauty of his verse. God does not want us to live by by fear uh, of the unknown. Uh, He wants us to know him and embrace uh, him in love and trust. Um, We want to know the very son of God in this profound and deep manner. A second type of fear uh, that I discern from this passage relates to what the angel says about bringing good news. Uh, I suppose angels can bring both both types, good news and bad news. And perhaps it was the dreaded bad news that contributed uh, to the shepherds getting all worked up. Uh, but it turns out that the announcement was uh, pretty darn glorious. Uh, it spoke of a savior who was for all the people and the fulfillment of prophecy regarding David's scion ushering in an eternal kingdom. Uh, That was not only good news, but it was the best news. uh, At least uh, to the Israelites. I think you've heard me before uh, use uh, as an illustration a certain uh, Taoist story to illustrate kind of the ultimate good news, bad news uh, dichotomy. Um, You can find slight variations out there, but here's uh, one rendering. Uh, There was an old farmer who had uh, worked his crops for many years. One day, uh, his horse ran away. Upon hearing the news, his neighbors uh, came to visit. Such bad news, uh, they said sympathetically. But the farmer replied, maybe, Uh, let's just wait and see. The next morning, uh, the horse that had run away returned, uh, bringing Along with it, uh, three other wild horses. How wonderful, great news, the neighbors exclaimed. But the farmer said, maybe, let's wait and see. The following day, his son tried to ride one of those untamed horses. He was thrown and uh, broke his leg. The neighbors came uh, again to offer their sympathy for what they call this bad misfortune. the Farmer replied, maybe, let's just wait and see. The day after, uh, military officials uh, came to the village to draft young men into the army for war. Seeing that the son's leg was broken, they passed him by, he was exempt and the neighbors congratulated the farmer on how well things had turned out. Now, I don't know what the opposite of infinite regress is, but like you could take this, you know, further and further, right? Um, the farmer could reply, maybe let's wait and see. And then the son could be like a problem child, you know, and, and cause grief. To the Father, that could result in something. So I think the the, the lesson you, know, you could take various ways is kind of whatever. Don't overreact to things. There's no such thing as really good news or really bad news. Um, uh, you know uh, that kind of uh, there's there's things that you can uh, glean. And uh, even though this is a secular story, I find that um, it, there's wisdom there, right? I think uh, most of what we read digitally or in print over these days or um, kind of converse with each other about, it just, like I said, seems to be uh, kind of really terrible news, always bad things happening, you know, natural disasters, relational disasters, political um, catastrophes. Um, You know, my Apple News Feed has this regular feature about a uh kind they'll, of they'll they'll do something about a, a feel-good story something you know somebody does something kind of um really humane or really sacrificial i think the latest one is like a nurse rescued one of her i think covid patients like a dog which was in the rescue shelter and like reunited them and, and, and it's kind of went above and beyond and they'll say something like they'll feature the story and then say plus other good news and you can kind of scroll or or connect to uh, other, you know, better, uh, you know, stories. But comparatively, it's like one out of a hundred, one out of a hundred, you know, we're being swamped, we're drowning in bad news. The world seems to be falling apart. So if we allow our moods um, to be governed uh, by whether the news is pleasant or, or unpleasant, encouraging or discouraging, Uh, We may be in for an unhappy 2022. Uh, I myself, um, I think I've kind of developed an allergy to bad news. I don't know if uh, it's my stage in life or my natural disposition or just the nature of being a pastor or living in New York. But um, something as simple as checking email or text, uh, it can be at times a harrowing experience. Um, I literally breathe sighs of really, you know, after um, checking, uh, after getting through my inbox. Okay. I think someone described their similar overreaction to bad news as a kind of PTSD, right? post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and I doubt that my dislike or my issues arise to that level. But I must admit, it certainly is a joy sapper. Um, often enough. So I am preaching to myself uh, when I repeat the angel's admonition here, um, that the declaration that he brings, good news of great joy, good news of great joy, verse 10a. Jesus, the greatest news of all ever, uh, was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. He lived, died, rose, ascended, and lives on today for us, for us. So his his good news, right, is of an eternal value because it never changes. It's that Taoist story, that farmer story, right, um, permanently good news. Because what Jesus has done for us, it never changes. No one or nothing can undo or take away the salvation that he perfected through his shed blood on the cross. Uh, our today can be good. Our tomorrow can be good. Our death can be you know, good. Our ultimate future will be good, beyond good. We don't ever have to fear bad news. We don't even have to fear badness itself. Evil has been overcome. It's been conquered. It's been vanquished. And one day it will be eradicated forever and ever and ever. He shall reign forever. And of course, this truth is inaugurated by the very nativity scene that we are reading about uh, today. We even call the uh, story of Jesus the gospel. Gospel. uh, In um, Latin, I think that's where the word gospel derives. It's um, a good story, right? Good story. Not only in the sense like, oh, it's interesting and riveting, but morally, it's good. Spiritually, it's good. For humanity, it's good. In Greek, uh, the word that is found is euangelion, or we, we kind of call it evangel- evangelion. And, uh, this literally translates as good news. And that uh, previously, that term could be used for like Caesars, right? Um, the birth of a Caesar or another great personage, But you know, those people were, uh, you know, they... they they killed. They they destroyed. They rampaged, They you know raped and pillaged in order to get to right. Jesus came not as a destroyer. So he brings uh, everlasting uh, good news um, to those who would place their trust. Uh, Therefore, what news is heard, or or even rumors are much more valuable, much more real, much heavier. That's what glory means like weight, because it's so strong and stable and immovable. That's the eternal good news of the gospel. The last uh, fear factor uh for that i 'd like for us to take note of and hopefully overcome is what i 'm referring to as a fear of judgment fear of judgment now I know that you know Christians right, because of G- what Jesus has done we shouldn 't fear um, we are uh spared right, of uh, judgment for eternal life or eternal death because of Jesus we have eternal life but I think in our human weakness and our human vessel, right? this kind of, to me, it's an auto-reaction, almost an involuntary reaction uh, to the fear of having to stand before God and own up to what I've done. Now, as Christians, we will be accountable for how we lived our life that God has given us, But, but this is in terms of service and in terms of faithfulness. Not in terms of sin and judgment. Now, be that as it may, um, I think this kind of fear of judgment is, is something that kind of like uh, kind of interwe- interweaves our world quite frequently. Um, what I'm saying is, like in our uh, world today, feeling judged—it's it's a really unpleasant experience, even if we're like. Worthy of judgment, right? even if we've done something wrong and somebody called us out or criticizes us or you know says bad things, it, it just doesn't sit well. It's not something you know I think we'd want to avoid that uh, at all costs. Uh, we don't want others to think poorly of us. I, I was wondering why, why is judgment if I want to be a better person, right just you know in, in, in a general sense. Why would I take judgment poorly Um, if it might help me, might further me along, right? Matt, Brother Matt talked about one step forward, two steps back. If I can kind of make it two steps forward, one step back, why would I kind of hmm, dislike the experience of being judged uh, so much? I was thinking that, it, I think it's, for me at least, it, it, it strikes a nerve about my own uh, self-understanding. So when, well, I think when, when I'm judged for something, um, more often than not, at least in my experience, there is already in me an underlying insecurity, a sensitivity about that very thing uh, that I'm being judged for it's already there in my psyche. I know it either consciously or unconsciously, and so when ding, when someone like, you know, hits it, <clears throat> you know, it's just something that I I just don't like, and, and so I'll try to avoid it. I'll try to you know maybe disassociate with people that are that'll judge me in that way, or um, you know, kind of overcompensate, overreact. You know, call out their problems, judge them in return, right? Uh, even when we call other people, you know, if we call other people judgy, we ourselves are being judgy, are we not? But it, it kind of uh, it is kind of uh, something that it's a coping mechanism. And you know, when someone pushes my buttons, those sensitive buttons, I react badly because I'm already defensive about it. I'm already feeling, uh, you know, blameworthy. Uh, spouses, you know what I'm talking about, right? because um, when like my wife points out something that probably objectively true, objectively something I need to work on, when she kind of uh, she knows how to push those buttons, right? And so like I'm like, oh, I'm ready to to fight back and point out, you know, um, her flaws uh, in return, because that sense of Judgment, that uh, almost kind of mm, desire to avoid at all costs, that fear of judgment is so strong. If that is at least somewhat true for us, uh, I thought what we should do is extend that line of reasoning, um, I think, to our fear of overall judgment from God. What we feel here and there, small scale with people around us, uh, I think we can feel pervasively as to our kind of overall sense of guilt uh, before God, right? So when we're faced with the presence of God or the reality of God, our kind of what we know in our conscience, what we know, what burdens we carry, the guilt that we have, um, that... Like, is a sudden rush of like kind of terror and fright because now it's gonna come out in the open. Now it's gonna be revealed. Um, we know that we're very imperfect, riddled with sins of commission and omission. We know that we're liable before God. So we have this uh, incessant unease that we're going to be called out for it. Right? There's a f- sense of rebo- foreboding what we call the day of judgment day or the day of reckoning, right? It's variously called, but in the short term, I think when something supernatural or otherworldly takes place, our fear of judgment gets triggered that, Oh no, um, God is holding me to account. And I think that's part of why the, the shepherds were afraid. I mean, they knew this was supernatural. They knew that this was, you know, something major. And so, they knew that this might be the end of their lives and they would have to stand before God. And so that's why specifically I think the angels um, exhorted the shepherds to not be afraid because of what Jesus really came to do, right? Today in the town of David, a Savior is born, right? Born to you. He is Christ the Lord, Lord and Savior, Savior and Lord. Uh, is what I think the emphasis is Jesus was born so that we would not eternally die for our sins because he saves us from our sins. The fear of judgment is now uh, removed. Uh, it's paid for. It costs a lot. Right. And yet it's gone. Right. We have nothing to hide before God and I would say maybe before others as well, but that's a tougher, I know that's a tougher task, but at least before God, there should be no uh, fear of judgment. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to uh, fear the accompanying judgment because we've been saved. Our savior has been born. He did not come to bring political, military, or economic salvation. He brought spiritual salvation. He brought relational salvation. And as Lord, right? I like that emphasis. Christ the Lord, what he has done is authoritative. It's, it's, it's effective. It's permanent. It's, it works, right? It measures up to the holy standard of God. It is done, salvation, and it is done forever. We don't need to fear judgment because we no longer need to fear the judge. We no longer need to fear the judge, right? Isn't that what Christmas means? Emmanuel, God with us. Even though we're unworthy, even though we're uh, manger like, right? even though uh, we have all these issues, even though we're so judgeable, the judge sent his son and says, I love you. I want to be with you. I want to forgive you. Do not be afraid. Uh, that's Christmas. And it can be a happy new year, even in John Lennon's words, uh, a good one without uh, any fear. Why don't we pray uh, together on December 26, 2021. Uh, Let's remember uh, the goodness, um, the good news. Let's remember that we've been saved by the Lord remember that uh, he has come to make himself known uh, to, to our fearful hearts let's pray